Welcome to the Vedic Mythology, Music, and Mantras podcast. I'm Ben Collins. This podcast takes an entertaining and informative look at some of the inspiring and humorous stories of India's Vedic tradition, followed by recordings of Vedic and other mantras being chanted by traditional Brahmin priests. Show notes and other materials can be found at puja.net, P-U-J-A dot N-E-T. Thanks for joining us. In this week's podcast, we're going to continue with our look at the Ramayana, and specifically the episode where Hanuman leaps from the mainland of India to Lanka in order to find Sita. As you will recall, the story of the Ramayana is that Rama and his brother Lakshman and wife Sita are exiled from their kingdom to live in the forest for 14 years. While they're in the forest, a ten-headed demon by the name of Ravana abducts Sita and takes her away to Lanka, giving her the ultimatum that she has two months to decide to marry her or he will kill her. Rama and Lakshman gain the assistance of the bears and monkeys in order to receive Sita. Rama has the pushpaka for his transport, which is basically an aerial car elaborately decorated with flowers and jewels and powered by mantras. Rama and Lakshman, in spite of their divine status, had to walk. But they don't specifically know where Sita has gone when she was abducted by Ravana. So Hanuman, the son of the wind, decides to go to look for her. And being the son of the wind, Hanuman has some interesting powers. He can travel mentally anywhere he wishes to be instantly. And his body can grow or shrink to any size in addition to having substantial strength. So Hanuman climbs up on Mount Mahendra and crouches down, curling up his tail and leaps into the sky. And in the rush behind him, trees are uprooted from the mountainside, and as the original text says, swept away by the wind, set in motion by the monkey, the blossoms on the trees consisting of every variety dropped on the ocean and presented a curious sight by carpeting the sea so it looked as charming and beautiful as the heavens themselves. The thing about Hanuman is that he is wonderfully symbolic. His devotion to Sita and Ram is absolute, and in that sense he represents Dharma, the natural law. His is a life of selfless service. He is the son of the wind god, but is also seen as an incarnation or manifestation of the energy of Shiva, the destroyer of ignorance. If Ravana and Lanka are symbolic of material life, it's appropriate that Hanuman destroys it, by setting fire to it all with his tail. The planet Saturn, who brings humility and misfortune to all in order to free them from bondage to the material side of life, has a special relationship with Hanuman. In Jyotish, uh, the Hindu astrological system, Saturn rotates through the various signs at a rate of one sign every two and a half years. When Saturn gets close to the moon, there is a a seven-and-a-half-year period called Sade Sati, where his influence is extra powerful, and this typically happens three times in life, and at those times Saturn comes to sit on your head. So when Shiva's Saude Sati came, he went and sat under the Ganga River for seven and a half years in meditation. And when Saturn came to tell Hanuman it was his turn, Hanuman simply said, Great, why not meet me in the marketplace on your day, Saturday, so that you can sit on my head and all can see. Well, Saturn was very agreeable to this. So during the week, 
Hanuman went around to the village people and said that he wanted to do a special puja on Saturday and asked that everyone bring coconuts to the market so they could break them over his head for good luck. Well, all the villagers were only too happy to oblige their great friend. Well, Saturday came, and Saturn arrived to see Hanuman, and they walked together to the marketplace. Well, Saturn soon saw all the villagers lined up with their coconuts and asked Hanuman what was up. Well, Hanuman explained that he'd invited everybody to watch as Saturn sat on his head because it would be a good lesson for them, because eventually Saturn comes to everyone. So Saturn climbs up on Hanuman's shoulders, and Hanuman gestures to the villagers that they can begin. So one by one they come up and they crack their coconuts, but it was not on Hanuman's head, but rather on Saturn's. Well, very quickly Saturn grew tired of this and decided to leave. And the way to deal with Saturn is to be like Hanuman, simple, devoted, controlled, and always of service to others. So now Hanuman has leapt into the sky and is soaring off towards Lanka, and the original text is quite charming in the way it describes Hanuman. With his curled tail and his white teeth, the highly intelligent Hanuman, an offspring of the wind god, shone brightly as the sun encircled by a misty halo. With his deep red rump, the huge monkey looked splendid, like a mountain with a large deposit of red chalk rent asunder. The wind passed through the armpits of that leonine monkey, bounding over the sea and thundering like a cloud. The sea god wanted to help him out, so he caused an undersea mountain, Minaka, to suddenly rise up out of the ocean. But Hanuman thought it was an obstacle, and after briefly offering his apologies for not accepting the mountain's help, continues on. But the gods, Rishis, Siddhas, and Gandharvas were watching and spoke to Surasa, the mother of the Nagas, which are snakes, and they wanted her to test Hanuman so they could ascertain his strength and prowess. So she rises up equal to him in size and says, You have been destined by the lords of the universe to be my meal. Kindly let me eat you up. Hanuman, rather patiently under the circumstances, explains that he's on a mission for Rama and addresses the seemingly demon-like woman, saying, I promise you, in good faith, having seen Sita as well as Rama, I shall seek your mouth. Well, Surasa was not satisfied and said, You must proceed and enter my mouth today. Brahma has said it would be so. Which was a lie, but to Hanuman... He just simply replied that she, Sarasa, would become would need to become a size sufficient to contain him. And at that moment, Sarasa's mouth was ten yojanas, or eighty miles wide, and so Hanuman became ten yojanas tall. So she made her mouth twenty yojanas wide, and he made himself thirty yojanas, two hundred and forty miles wide. This continued through 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, and finally Surasa made her mouth 100 yoganas wide, or 800 miles. As soon as she did, Hanuman instantly shrunk to the size of a thumb, darted into her mouth, and out again, saying as he left on his journey, that since he had been in her mouth and come out, she should leave him alone. Well, it was a little bit of out of the frying pan and into the fire because another demoness sprang up, even larger and more fierce than Sarasa. 
This one had a mouth that was as big as he was, and he instantly assumed a very, very small size, at which time she swallowed him. He roamed around inside her, tearing at her insides with his claws until he ripped apart her heart, and she died. Inasmuch as the Ramayana is a symbolic tale, it's also worth noting that as powerful as Hanuman is, sometimes his power is expressed by being large, bigger and stronger than any obstacles, but also sometimes the solution is to become very small and insignificant in order to slip by. Well, Hanuman slips into Lanka, and as the text says, that great hero among the monkeys gazed on the rising moon, white as milk or a lotus fiber, which was shining brightly with the splendor of a conch shell and resembled a swan swimming in a lake. Finally, Hanuman finds Sita in a garden and watches as she rejects all of Ravana's entreaties, at one point placing a blade of grass between them and saying, I am undivided from Rama, as sunlight is from the sun. Well, Ravana is pretty annoyed and leaves, having given her an ultimatum of two months to submit or die. And as you might imagine, Sita is pretty unhappy and decides to take her own life by hanging herself. Well, Hanuman, who's been watching all of this from the branches of a tree, intervenes and, after proving his identity, gives her Rama's ring and offers to take her back with him. She agrees, but then observes that he's just a rather regularly sized monkey, at which point he says, well, watch this, and grows to full size. As the text says, he resembled a mountain and had a coppery face with pure white teeth and nails. But Sita fears he will drop her, and, as she says, I may fall insensibly into the sea, teeming with sharks, crocodiles, and monstrous fish. I may become the excellent food of aquatic creatures. And so she suggests it might make more sense if Hanuman brought Rama to her. So Hanuman departs, but decides to destroy Ravana's pleasure gardens to ascertain the strength of Ravana's armies. And in one section, Hanuman jumps, jumps over to a large building and tears up a pillar decked with gold, bristling with a hundred edges. He begins to spin it around so fast that fire emanated from it, and the entire building was set ablaze. Well, the battle goes on and expands as Hanuman is attacked again and again, becoming wounded in the process. But this only causes him to become more angry, and fire starts to emanate from Hanuman's eyes, burning everything in its path. Finally, Ravana sends his son Indrajit, to fight Hanuman. Now, Indrajit was a great warrior who had a very special mantra. Uh, it's a weapon called a Brahmastra from Brahma, and after fighting conventionally with Hanuman for a while, Indrajit uses it on Hanuman, who falls down unconscious. But Hanuman, after being initially confused, realizes that it must be due to Brahma's weapon that he's now helpless. And, giving it some further thought, Hanuman recalls that his grandfather long ago received a boon that this spell, the Brahmastra, would only be effective for an hour. And so Hanuman decides to submit in order to have an audience with Ravana. But as soon as the demons tie him up, the Brahmastra wears off because of a technicality that the bondage of the Brahmastra does not coexist with any other form of bondage, meaning being tied up, and thus Hanuman was actually free, but continued to play along. 
Hanuman has his audience with Ravana, and in an interesting aside, Hanuman thinks to himself, what charm, what presence of mind, what courage, had this mighty lord of demons not been so antagonistic to virtue, he would have proved to be a protector of the realm of the gods, including Indra himself. But due to his cruel and ruthless deeds, the entire world condemns him, and the gods and demons fear him. If enraged, he can really turn the world into one ocean. So this is probably a pretty good place to stop for today. And since we're talking about Ravana, I'm going to start with a selection of Shiva Tandava Stotram, which was written by Ravana. It's very interesting because it was written by him to Shiva, and it ends with the refrain, When will I be happy? Then I will follow with a selection from the Ramayana itself so you can hear what it is like in its original form. It has a surprisingly melancholy sound, and the story is that Valmiki, who wrote the Ramayana, had seen a pair of very elegant, beautiful swans in the forest mating, only to see them killed by a hunter's arrows. So he returned to his ashram in despair, composing a sad poem in honor of the swans in a very unique meter. The next morning, Valmika's sadness had not lifted, and Brahma, the creator, came to see him and asked him to use that same meter to, sell, to tell the story of Rama and Sita. So first, Shiva Tandava Stotram, and then a brief selection of the Ramayana. And that'll be it for this week. Thanks very much for listening. We'll see you next time. Ata Shiva Tandava Stotram ಜಟಾಟವಿಗಲಜ್ಜಲತ್ಪ್ರವಾಹಪಿತಸ್ಥಲೇಗಲೇವಲಂಬ್ಯಲಂಬಿತಂಭುಜಂಗತುಂಗ
ಧರಾಧರೇಂದ್ರಣಂ ದಿನೀ ಕುಚಾಗ್ರ ಚಿತ್ರಪತ್ರಕ ಪ್ರಕಲ್ಪನೈಕ ಶಿಲ್ಪಿನೀ ತ್ರಿಲೋಚನೇರತಿರ್ಮ ನವೀನ ಮೇಘಮಂಡಲೀ ನಿರುದ್ಧ ದುರ್ಧರ ಸ್ಫುರತ್ಕುಹೂನಿ ಶೀಥಿನೀ ತಮ ಪ್ರಬಂಧ ಬದ್ಧ ಕಂದರ ನಿಲಿಂಬ ನಿರ್ಝರೀಧರಸ್ತನೋದ ಕೃತ್ತಿ ಸಿಂಧುರ ಕಲಾನಿಧಾನ ಬಂಧುರ ಶ್ರಿಯಂ ಜಗದ್ಧುರಂಧರ ಪ್ರಫುಲ್ಲ ನೀಲ ಪಂಕಜ ಪ್ರಪಂಚ ಕಾಲಿಮ ಪ್ರಭಾವಲಂಬಿ ಕಂಧ ಕಂದಲೀ ರುಚಿ ಪ್ರಬದ್ಧ ಕಂಧರಂ ಸ್ಮರಚ್ಚಿದಂ ಪುರಚ್ಚಿದಂ ಭವಚ್ಚಿದಂ ಅಖಚ್ಚಿದಂ ಗಜಚ್ಚಿದಂಧಗಚ್ಚಿದಂ ತಮಂತಗಚ್ಚಿದಂ ಭಜೇ ಅಖರ್ವಸರ್ವಮಂಗಳಕಲಾಕದಂಬಮಂಜರೀರಸ ಪ್ರವಾಹ ಮಾಧುರಿ ವಿಜೃಂಭಣಾ ಮಧುವ್ರತ ಸ್ಮರಾಂತಕಂ ಪುರಾಂತಕಂ ಭವಾಂತಕಂ ಅಖಾಂತಕಂ ಗಜಾಂತಕಾಂಧಕಾಂತಕಂ ತಮಂತಕಾಂತಕಂ ಭಜೇ ಜಯತ್ವದ್ರವಿಭ್ರಮ ಭ್ರಮದ್ಭುಜಂಗಮಶ್ವಸದ್ವಿರ್ಗಮತ್ಕ್ರಮಸ್ಫುರತ್ಕರಾಳಭಾಲಹವ್ಯವಾಡ್
Oh, 